In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly. Hello there. And we also welcome Rick Swanson today. Hello. Well, we have a change in our um, format today because we were supposed to have Julie uh, Levin of We Speech and her partner, uh, Laura Drower, but her mom, uh, Julie's mom, is in the hospital as we speak getting a pacemaker put in, so she needed to cancel today, but mm-hmm. we want to send wishes out to Harriet Levin for a very speedy recovery. Yes. And um, we want to thank uh, Susan Hayde for coming on today to be our guest, which is just so much fun. Hello, Susan. <laughs> no, she doesn't get to come on oh, in the oh, first oh, segment. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I was just saying hello. I know, I know. Well, you know, it was like when Christy, when she got in, she's like, hey, well, why don't you tell them what you said to me? Well, I, like I said a few things, but I, I was wondering who, who our fun little guest was going to be. I'm all confused as to who our surprise guest is. <laughs> surprise! Surprise! And what we're going to talk about. So what are we going to talk about? Well, I think, first of all, uh, we're going to talk about siblings. Oh, Um, no. Oh, no. Um, Because we all have siblings. Some of us have more than others. Right, Rick? Yes, it's true. It's true. How many siblings do you have? Including my half-sister, five siblings. Yikes. No, six siblings. Sorry. Oh. I can't even count them. Lost track. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Apparently my parents did too, so hey. Yeah, and Christy, how about you? I have three. You have three siblings. I have two sisters and a brother. Okay. I have three siblings too. I have two brothers and a sister though. (laughs) Yeah. So having siblings is, I think it's really good. I'm really glad that my kids have brothers. Um, I would love them to have a sister, but I, I think it, I think it really helps out in the world when you have to grow up with siblings because you have to learn to, like, tolerate each other, tolerate each other's differences. You need to learn how to fight. <laughs> I'm wondering how to teach those things right now to my kids. Just they can they can tolerate each other. So I was thinking more the fighting. <laughs> well, that too. My Lord. I uh, I don't know. So did you fight with your sisters? Yes. Well, I fought with my one sister, my older sister. Uh, we fought all the time. What was and the meanest thing you did to her? The meanest? I well, calling her bad names when I learned when I learned them, <laughs> calling her really bad names because she was mean to me, and that was my only defense until you know 
we actually would, well, what we would do is she would pinch me really hard. Yeah. And then I would dig my nails into her and like, you know, she would stop because I would just dig, <laughs> I would dig my nails into her and she would bleed. Wow. And then she'd run and tell my mom. Well, she would have the wound to... Yeah, to prove it. And then my mom would cut my fingernails, but I didn't care because I knew they'd just grow back. Instead of been breaking your fingers. <laughs> right. So that's, you know, that's how we would... That's how you would solve fight. things. Solve things. Until we got older and then we'd push come to shove. We would use our, use our little fists and fight. Yeah, that's, I don't think I ever fought like that. I would, I was more sneaky. I was like the sniper little sister. Like I remember one time brushing my sister's hair, and my sister is beautiful, and she has long, long kind of reddish golden chestnut hair, and and it was always straight and pretty, and mine's like <laughs> curled in every different direction, and sticking out straight, and it was you know clean, but it just you know wouldn't do what I was supposed to do. And I remember one time brushing her hair and going underneath where like the really soft part of the hair is, <laughs> and then. Tying knots in it. <laughs> You're so great. <laughs> she couldn't get a brush to it if she wanted to. You'd probably do that now. Yeah, I probably would. In fact, I did it to you and Crop did it. You didn't even know. <laughs> no. I'll get you back. I'll get you back. Now, what about you, Rick? I bet you, did you do anything? Well, you were the oldest, so that's kind of not even a fair fight. Right. I mean, being the oldest, basically what you learn right off the bat is that everything is your fault, no matter <laughs> well, uh, whether you so. started or not, everyone through the first whatever, and it doesn't matter, so it's your fault. And honestly, my my mom grew up with her dad and brothers always, like, you know, grappling, fooling around in, like, in the living room, and then it would become, like, very serious. Like, they're really challenging, you know, going toe-to-toe, man-to-man, and it would get out of control. So she was really adamant about not letting us, like, roughhouse and brawl and fight. How did that so work we, out? We, it did. We didn't fight. Like, occasionally, we, you know, we yell at each other, but it's like... Physical fighting, we were not. We did not do that ever. Good. So I think with yeah. five boys, you probably have to lay the law down. You know. <laughs> you do, right yeah. Otherwise, it'd be like that movie, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, just like mayhem. You know. But no, we didn't really fight. Did you ever do anything mean? But you don't really have a mean bone in your body. I don't know. See, I got into trouble more by myself. It's usually like my brothers would stand there on the sideline and watch me do something <laughs> dumb. Cue you on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, no, look what Rick's doing. And then they see me get, like, disciplined and all my stuff taken away. And, yeah, I have a lot of that. But fighting, no. Okay, well, you want to share one of the dumb things you did? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can take your pick. Um, doing wheelies at high speed on a motorcycle in shorts and a tank top and no helmet and then crashing. Um, <laughs> nice. Jumping off a two-story building. Uh, climbing up a a big uh, china cabinet and knocking it over on yourself and getting cut up by glass. Oh, wow. See, this is is the nature of my stories, you know. (laughs) So really on Motherhood Talk Radio, we talk about this is the kid you should not have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically, I know. My parents kept them very busy. Child-proof your house. Child-proof your house. (laughs) Yes, I try everything once or twice, so. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So, but you were, you know, I have to say I've been, I've had, you know, hung out with Rick's brothers, and they do. They're all telling me he's never did anything wrong. He never did anything to us. He's a big, you know, big shot. So it's really not fun to pick on him. But I'm going to go back to Chrissy. (laughs) (laughs) Drawing blood, that's pretty serious. Yeah, drawing blood, you know. I know. Well, 
So you guys fought. I got to tell you, I was. We were in Krav today, Rick, and Christy uh, is freakishly strong. You I know you made you. it feel like she's beating the crap out of you. I'm like, wow, Christy. She did. She pulled me, anger, huh? pulled me down on the ground. You then I went down. Then you fell down too. <laughs> like you got me down too. <laughs> well, that's what happened. I didn't even want to go, but thank you for making me go. That's I true. I do feel pretty good right now. So I, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, but it was, I mean, it's interesting, like, when you think about, about you know, fighting and siblings and things like that. And, like, you said you actually, would you fight your sister, like, punch, 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 you or know just what? push her? When we got older, um, in our teens, we had one pretty major, you know, fight where we actually, like, Knocked down, dragged down. Yeah, we broke the back of the toilet seat. <laughs> we <We're> fighting <laughs> in the bathroom. Yes. Oh, you're such a girl. Yes. See? <laughs> <laughs> my sister used my perfume, and I told her not to use it, and she snuck, and she used it anyway. Oh. And I was so mad because she has her own, and she put on my favorite shirt, <gasps> you know, that this boy that I loved said he liked. So she put that shirt on, and she wore it. So that's... Yeah, that's go time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I... I ended up ripping her necklace off. That was an accident. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> With sure. With your towel, I mean, it was terrible. My mom was like, what is going on? She comes down the hall yelling at us. <laughs> My little sister was a baby at the time. It was crazy, but... See, and I... It's so funny, because it's like, my sister should have beat the crap out of me. I used to do the worst things to her. Like, when you said that shirt thing, like, I remember my sister had this really pretty ribbed turtleneck, and it was cream-colored, and it had, like, purple and pink uh, stripes across the chest, and she loved this sweater. And mm-hmm. I wanted to wear it, and she's like, no, you can't wear it. Because, you know, I was younger than her, and I shouldn't have been wearing it anyway. But, you know how these things go. <laughs> it's stuffed in your bag, and you get on to school, and I put it in. And I didn't. She probably remembers this. I got chocolate syrup <laughs> right down the front. Nice. Like right down the cowl neck, down the front, drop, 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 drop. Like there was not a part of that shirt that didn't have a chocolate stain on it. <laughs> but you know what? It's like she would get mad at me, but she never struck me, you know, that I remember. <laughs> she <laughs> knocked me out. <laughs> but she gave you brain damage. <laughs> she gave me brain damage. TBI. Oh, sorry. Wrong show. Um <laughs> But, but you know, in, like my grandma used to come to visit, and we would look out. We shared a room, my sister and I, and we had twin beds. And um, and so my sister was very neat, very orderly, very clean. I was not. Um, so <laughs> I would just take, like, I don't know, stuffed animals, clothes, whatever it was. We were supposed to clean our room. And I think I shoved it. I have to ask her. I think I shoved it under her bed. <laughs> so my mom had these little pink dust ruffles, you know, that covered the floor. And I pushed everything under there. And then my grandma would come in, and she'd be like, oh, look at your room's so pretty. And then she'd, like, look around. And then she'd go, oh, Susie, look what's under your bed. You're a messy little girl. And I would just sit there, like, laughing away. But she was really good. I think, like Rick said, you know, the older siblings, they kind of have that thing where they're never going to win against the little one. Yeah, well, they tried. Mine tried. Did she? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were only two years apart, two and a half years apart. So, you know, it was pretty we, – I don't know why we were so competitive, but we were. We were. I don't know, because I see you guys now. I don't see the competitiveness now. It's different. It's a little – It's. In different ways. In different ways. <laughs> well, siblings are, um, 
you know, but it's fun because I've I've had the pleasure of meeting your siblings, which is really fun. I've had the pleasure of meeting Rick's siblings, and um, you guys are really nice families, and you are really fun. And I'm a better person for having met uh, all of your siblings because it helps me understand you guys and gives me a lot of really funny <laughs> stories. Well, thank you. That we can share on the air. Um, so let's see. I think we should go to commercial break. So my name is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Rick Swanson and Christy Holly on Motherhood Talk Radio. Our guest today coming up is going to be Susan Hayde. She comes from Denver, Cal- um, sorry, Denver, Whoa. Colorado. Wrong, <laughs> wrong state. Yeah, wrong state, wrong state. And uh, she is the author and creator of a wonderful product called Lily's Truth. Check it out, just like it sounds. Lily'sTruth.com. We'll be back with Susan after the break. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly. We've given Rick Swanson the boot. We've given him the rest of the afternoon <laughs> off. <laughs> he gets to go and do whatever it is he needs to do. And um, we are here with Susan Hayde. And um, 
Christy, as you pointed out, there are many different ways. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know, I know. There's are many different ways to spell Lily. I just want to make sure everyone gets the right website without any trouble at all. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, Susan would think the same thing. I'm sure she would, and yes, she would. sabotage her? I'm no. all for that. <laughs> no. My Lily spelled just... L-I-L-Y. Okay. There she is. L I L Y apostrophe S T R U T H Lily's truth Lily like the flower L I L Y There we go And I'll tell you and I'll tell you where Lily comes from the name Susan means Lily so um I will introduce you to my product today. I'm Susan Hayde. My product is Lily's Truth. It is a book and DVD series designed for kids, young adults, all the way up through adulthood. Um, This is an original set of materials designed by me, written by me. Actually, I started before my children were born, uh, putting together a body of knowledge that I thought would help them, things in this um, series that aren't commonly taught, but I think... um, are very, very, very good insights into empowering your child, empowering yourself. So there you go. That's what it is. That's why I'm here, and I'm looking forward to our talk today. Okay, so now you started this program even before you had physical children, but you did have a profound effect on my life (laughs) because you happen to be my older sister. Well, so and that I was feel... before I was empowered, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. <laughs> I figured, you know, you wrote this book all about, you know, in a DVD series about teaching kids about individuality, and I would say, I would think <clears throat> I helped a lot in this book <laughs> in the development of it because um, I'm really good at sharing my feelings. I have various belief systems. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but my, you are are my older sister, and I am super proud of you, and I'm so glad to have you on the show today and to introduce you to our listeners and also to Rick and Christy and Carrie and Robin, who are always here each week to support our show. And um, if you can, Susan, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like what led you, um, you know, professionally and personally to develop a work like Lily's Truth? It's interesting. My background really is a mosaic, so I'm not going to be able to stand here and tell you that that I have this very clear path that I was always so defined and I knew exactly who I was and where I was headed. Actually, I didn't. So, um, you know, I had the standard um, upper middle class upbringing, college education. My degrees are in nursing and in communication theory, but still even after obtaining those degrees, I was um, still very confused about what I wanted to do with my life and who I wanted to be. So um, I went out into the world, worked in various jobs, all of which always seem to come back to education in one way, shape, or form, um, which is a good thing because ultimately where I have found myself today is in a teaching role, uh, in a facilitating role. Um, ultimately, my path also took me on a spiritual journey, a very personal spiritual journey. I think everyone's 
spiritual journey journey is ultimately very, very, very personal. But I had a lot of very, very interesting experiences and profound experiences that really did help me get very clear about who I am, about what I wanted to do with my life, and how I might be of service to other people who are trying to figure out who they are, why they're here, where they're going, and really how to raise their kids so their kids are very clear, very empowered, and not out in the world kind of stumbling around trying to figure things out. So uh, eventually, um, before I gave birth to my first child, which was almost 13 years ago now, I started writing down the things that I had learned along the way. This is world knowledge. These are life skills. This isn't, um, these aren't cliches and phrases that I'm going to throw out there at you. These are real-world tools and skills that I'm going to offer to parents, children, and even if you're not a parent and you don't have children, these are empowerment tools for everyone. Well, that's true. You could be involved with someone. Right. You could have friends who are children. I mean, and you could just have immature people in your life that you really like and want to keep around, so you find yourself being the parent or caregiver uh, in those situations. But I think, Sue, what, one of the so most... True amazing things about what you do is, <laughs> of course, never occurred to me. Christy, has it occurred to you? Um, like the concept of self-knowledge, like, mm-hmm. you know, you just are. Christy, like you came into the world beautiful, vibrant, bubbly, strong as <laughs> knocking me down, knocking me down. Wait, that gotcha. um, but did you ever really think about who you were growing up? Like you're, like, or you just were? I just was. I don't know. You are abs- you you are absolutely clear. I think when you when you're younger, I think you start to get confused as you get older, and there are people around you who tell you you're not supposed to be one way. You're supposed to be another way. You're not supposed to feel this way. You're supposed to feel that way. You're not supposed to think this way. You're supposed to think that way. And this is a gradual process. But what happens is you very very gradually over time start to disconnect from who your authentic self is, and you start to align yourself with all of these sources outside of yourself, well-intended sources, but I think it would be You mean like parents or siblings, like people defining yourself for you? Any, or defining anything. you the way you were? Parents, siblings, institutions, schools, just understand kids get those messages every minute of the day, and very rarely do any one of us, any one of us, even in current society, this day and age, um, when issues come up, when problems come up, are we told, wait a minute, let's stop here. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I want you just to step back, take a breath, just sit with this. Don't think about it. Don't hurt your brain trying to figure it out. Let your natural self just kind of come forth. Let yourself relax into who you naturally are. The truth is for every single one of us, we forget who we naturally are, but it's still there, and it's easy to get back in touch with our heads. We've got to get out of our heads. Our heads will take us on that hamster wheel of, I'm supposed to be this, I'm supposed to think that, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. No, 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 no. Let's just get back to what you know is true. Very simple it's right inside you. It's always been there. We just get disconnected over the process of growing up and going out into a very, very chaotic and frenzied and crazy world. So, so like, let's take, let's take one of your kids' as example. You've mm-hmm. got a kid, and the kid's grown up, and you've got teachers telling them the way to be. You've got parents, siblings, uh, uncles, aunts, 
um, everybody they come in contact with that has a relationship with that kid tries to help that child define himself or put mm-hmm. a definition on them, is, 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 mm-hmm. if I'm hearing you correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. So then what do you do as a parent? Like you said, you know, like sit down and get back to yourself or whatever, but how do you do that in practicality? You know, you've got a kid who's got a problem, so walk us through what would you tell, you know, one of your kids if he came home with a problem to solve? How do you walk a kid back into himself? Ooh. Well, the first thing I've learned to do, and it's taken me 13 years to learn to do this, is to stop talking. Let your child talk, and your child will say lots of things. It may not be coherent. It may conflict. It may not make sense. Our, our instinct as a parent is to jump in and make corrections or to offer solutions and advice. I think the first thing we need to do with our kids is just give them a safe space to talk about what they're feeling. And as we're listening, we have to remind ourselves They're trying to figure these things out. Let's let them talk it through so that they can figure things out for themselves. So often when I let my kids do this now, I wasn't so great at it earlier in my parenting years. I don't even have to help them. They figure things out for themselves, and that is the best way for a child to learn via their own experience. So the first thing I'm going to tell a parent to do is just to listen. Don't feel like you've got to fix or solve or, or educate in that moment. After the child is done, maybe there's that moment where you need the, to give the kids some space um, to, to really let their own th- thoughts and feelings, which are all jumbled up and confused, to sort them out. That's when you then come back as a parent and say, I heard what you said. Let's continue our conversation. Are you ready to do that? And if they are, you can say, well, I might offer these insights. I might offer this. I might offer that. I think it's very important not only to offer the child the safe space of non-judgment, no criticism, complete safe space, the, the space where they can speak and not, not be condemned or judged or put down, told that they're right or wrong. But then when we come in to offer advice as a parent, we do it very, very slowly so that they have time to integrate our counsel or our guidance that we're offering. The other thing I think is very, very, very important to do with kids is let them make choices. And I think a lot of parents do that now. I think that's really, really, really good. I feel like I'm constantly in an exercise with all three of my children. They're 12, 9, and 5 years old of kind of offering choices, an array of choices that are appropriate for their maturity and their abilities, their skill set at this point in time. So I think listening offering gentle guidance that is judgment-free, and then giving the child choices so that very, very young, they feel like they are in charge of their life. It is very, very important when a child makes choices, they learn to trust themselves from the inside out first, rather than having someone on the outside make their choices and tell them what to do. Although there may be good intentions in that, As soon as you start choosing for your child, telling your child what they should think, believe, and do, you have unwittingly disconnected that child from their own inner navigational equipment. This is very important as the child gets older. Okay, hold on, Sue. I hate to cut you off. We've got to go to commercial break. Okay, all right. 
After the break, um, my name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, yes. along with Christy Holly. Yes, I'm <laughs> yes. not going to blow it. I'm not going to blow it. Uh, we're here with Susan Hayde, and she's the creator of this outstanding DVD series. You guys need to check it out. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on her website, Lily's Truth. That's spelled L-I-L-Y apostrophe S-T-R-U-T-H dot com. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about how to develop our child's inner navigation system. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Adoption, Journey to Motherhood, with Mary Beth Wells. Monday mornings at 9, 8 a.m. Central. This is not your typical show about adopting children. This is a shared experience from Mary Beth's heart. Mary Beth will be talking about and covering all the issues pertaining to adoption, including adopted parents, birth parents, adoptees, foster care, and infertility. So... How did your journey to motherhood begin? Or are you still on the path? We want to hear all voices sharing their stories and talking about those issues that are so dear to our hearts. You see, Mary Beth is a birth mom that relinquished a child for adoption and ended up coming full circle by adopting two beautiful little girls from Guatemala. And that led to her starting a doll company about adopting baby dolls from all around the world so that children could choose their own doll and learn about that doll's heritage. For more on Mary Beth and her dolls, go to PreciousBabyDolls.com. Then join us for Adoption, Journey to Motherhood. With Mary Beth Wells, Monday mornings at 9, 8 a.m. Central. Remember, the heart knows no boundaries. Hey everybody, this is Pete Dix of Beatles and Beyond. You're listening to George Harrison jamming in the background here as I'm preparing the next show for you. So why don't you listen to Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix on this radio station. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas. My name is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly, and we are Motherhood Talk Radio. Yes, we yes, are. We are. <laughs> yes, we are. I do. I got to admit, I do get confused doing multiple shows. Sometimes I forget what show I'm on, but this one I will remember what show we're on because we have a wonderful guest in Susan Hage. She's the author and creator of Lily's Truth, uh, which is a DVD series. You guys can find it on Amazon. You can also go to her website, lilystruth.com, L-I-L-Y-S. Apostrophe S. Thank Sorry. you. You're welcome. Uh, um, and No you know, apostrophe in, those... in the web, web address. It's, oh, there's the no web apostrophe. Is, no, the web address is www.lilytruth.com. Okay. Good okay. to know. Good to know. Oh, we are on Idiots Talk Radio. <laughs> 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 oh, I couldn't get, I couldn't get Maybe this. we are. Maybe we should change the title. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to have that, like, you know, we'll have to have some of the special educators coming on soon, uh, mostly to help me, but... 
Me too. <laughs> so it was interesting, you know, in this first segment, we talked to Susan about, um, you know, teaching your kids to think through and problem solve. And, you know, for those of you that missed that opening segment, you can check out the show on iTunes and you can also pick it up at toginet.com. For those of you that missed that segment or want to listen to it later and take copious notes. Um, but one of the things that <laughs> struck me was that one of the things Susan said was about, you know, Christy, about pay attention. I know, I am. I am. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Idiot Talk Radio right now. She's on Idiot Talk Radio. We're talking Rick. stupid diet guy. <laughs> Sorry, Susan. Okay. Sorry. Okay. All right. I'm focusing focus. on you. Focus, focus. I know. Focus, focus. Okay. You need blinders. <laughs> yes, you need blinders. We're not looking at Rick at this point because he's trying to make us laugh. Okay. So now, anyway, the point is that in the opening segment, you know, Susan talked about how powerful it is for us to help our kids think through things, talk through situations, and really discover their own voice, their own personality, their own wants and desires, all the things that are in there without us constantly, you know, putting on them what they want, what, what they, they want, what we think that they should do. What they need. And this struck me as really critical information, especially for those of you out there that are in a divorce situation where your kids are not in your parental, um, let's say your parental household, um, constantly, I mean, our kids do go to school, they do have outside influences, but one of the things that I found really helpful in handling my kids is that if I teach them to think through a situation rather than tell them what to do in a situation, they can apply that skill set to something that may happen at the father's house or may happen at the friend's house because I've given them the tools to think through, to reason and solve a problem and trust their own judgment versus me just telling them, well, in this situation, you should do this. Because then they, you know, sometimes it's hard for them, especially when they're little, seven, eight, nine years old, to apply that, well, you should do this to you should do that. And I think teaching our kids to think is one of the most powerful gifts and tools we can give them. And then before, Chrissy, I throw the mic over to you, I want to tell a very funny story because we know Susan Haight is my older sister. <laughs> and we had a running joke in our family, my sister and I, that when I'm we would go... I'm in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't a bad one, but uh, Mom might not think so. But Well, <laughs> then we want to hear some of Susan's stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I've got got signing off early today. <laughs> I've got my list all ready to go. I can't wait. Oh, great, great. <laughs> well, when we were little, um, we were raised, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so we didn't go to restaurants. And the few times that we did, um, <laughs> my parents <laughs> would, would not let us order a drink. Mm -hmm. So do you agree? <laughs> we all had water. <laughs> and my sister and I, when we got to, in our teens, we would joke, you know, like, God, what would we do on a date? <laughs> We've never exercised the power of choice. And um, I remember going off to college when I was, like, 17, and I went out to dinner with this guy, and he's like, what would you like to drink? And I started laughing. Like, he had no idea why that was so funny to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've never executed the power of choice. <laughs> I don't know, Diet Coke, just, I don't know, just Sprite, I don't know, just, just water. And I did. <laughs> I defaulted to water because, you know, but it's it's typical when you when you don't give a kid the power to choose when they get into the situation that a choice is required, that skill set or that muscle isn't 
isn't used, and then you spaz on a date, and that's the end of the date. <laughs> and as a child gets older, the, cho- the choices get more complex. So it's very important to exercise their ability to choose from the time, from the time they're very, very little. The other thing I would add in here on educating your children as well before we go on um, to what we're moving towards um, with Christy's question um, not only do we want to teach our kids to think things through and reason things through, we want them to stay connected to what they feel. We all know what it's like to feel confused, to be confused, to get in a setting where things are happening that we're not familiar with or that um, upset us. What we need to help our kids understand is that their feelings are often their navigational equipment. So if their heads are confused, if they don't know what to think, if their reason of reasoning ability is suddenly, um, you know, like a whirlwind, a tornado in their head, and they just don't know what to do, that's, first of all, when you teach your kid, just take a breath, just take a breath, and ask them, what are you feeling? It sounds maybe, uh, I don't know, um, uh, just cliche, but uh, really with little, little kids, often they do get confused. But if they are sad, if they're angry, if they're happy, if they're excited, that helps them clear away what they're seeing here. So there is a very, very distinct connection between what they're able to choose what they're feeling, and then applying that to their reasoning capabilities. So really, uh, on a thinking level, Keep your kids in touch with their feelings first. Then their reasoning abilities come after that. And the reason I say this as well is because what happens, too, as we get older and we get more socially conditioned, we will start to tell ourselves things like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't be upset. I shouldn't be angry. Well, but yes, you should, and that's okay. So that's what you tell your child. So anyway, I just wanted to put that in there as well. Very good. So I have a question for you. Let's yes. say that you are, um, okay, like you're on vacation with your family because I know you guys all get together, you know, every year at your lake house. Mm-hmm. Let's say that one of your your brothers or your sister, little Sandra, <laughs> yeah. or your mom or dad, um, you know, starts telling your kids something, not maybe not giving them a choice or telling them something that you don't agree with, that you something that you don't you don't do in your own home. You know, what do you do? Do you interject and say, Hey, you know, Dad, that's mm-hmm. you know, give him a choice or I mean, how do you mm-hmm. handle a situation like that when someone else is telling your kid what to do and that's mm-hmm. not how you do things? Well, and and are we talking about a potentially volatile family situation or are Um, we talking about a more reasonable family situation? And I would answer this two ways. The first thing is, the first thing I believe in is always maintaining the safe space for the child. So if stepping in and taking control right there is going to um, add fuel to a potential fire, in that instance, I might just say thank you very much to the adult or whoever uh-huh. is adding their information, remove the child and then go speak to the child in private. If there's no danger of that, if this is a reasonable family situation mm-hmm. where nobody's going to flip out and wig out and um, get upset and make things hairy and crazy and disturbing for the child, I absolutely think it is always, always appropriate to set a boundary, which means thank you very much so-and-so for trying to help 
Mm-hmm. But we have a way that we handle this in our family. So okay. if you don't mind, I will I will take over from here. Oh, and that's I think very that's good. always appropriate. That's, that's very good because, I mean, even in my family, I mean, it's I'm not as, as brave as that, <laughs> you know, because, you know, I have people that will hold it, you know, against me or against be upset. Punish you with or, it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I, you know, I don't always say what I want to say, you know, even when, and that's when my there's kids, an absence. That's when there's an absence of the safe space. If you can't go in there and speak from your heart and be authentic without being punished, that mm-hmm. means you are not in a, a truly, truly safe space. Now, I don't know how many people live in, in that safe space all the time. This is something that I think is an evolution of where we're headed, not only in parenting but in life, and that is stopping the, the abuse, stopping the control, stopping the judgment, stopping the criticism. It really never is appropriate at any point in, in life to come from that place of, I'm right, I will tell you all how to be and how to do this. No, 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 no. Time to let all that go, especially when children are involved because they are so very open, so very sensitive, um, and they also learn by our example. So I think creating the safe space first and foremost is always, always, always where we come from. And also I feel like there there is an opportunity here to teach by example, to show whoever is trying to help but messing things up, asking them very gently but very kindly but firmly to step back. If you don't mind, I'll take over. Let them watch how you're going to do this now. Let them see a new, a new way to handle this unfold. Good advice, Missy. Very good. She is. Right good. Now. I know, she'd get in there, clean that family dynamic right up. I know. Like, you, you're out. You, shut your mouth. You just, no, that would be me. Sorry. She would be like, okay, I need you now to get in your safe space. Everybody get and, in and, your and safe space. It is so funny to laugh about it, and, and, and please do laugh about it. Um, but it also, it will serve you, and it will serve your child if you initially try to remind yourself of that first. When you remind yourself of that, of the safe space, basically what you're doing is, is creating a space of compassion for you, for your kids, and for the, everyone else involved. When you're coming from compassion, your words are very different. Your emotions run very differently. And um, it tends to shift things for everyone. Now, there might be people that get catalyzed by this, that get resentful, that get angry. Well, you know what? That's their dance. That has nothing to do with you. If they're going to come back and punish you with this, that's when you have to say to yourself, hey, wait a minute, where is the compassion for me in this? Where these steps take you and take your child is um, really to loving and honoring themselves, not in a spoiled way, not in a selfish way, but in a very, very, very respectful, honoring way, which is really work for all of us, not just our kids. You know, I, Sue, I'm really glad that you're here today. We're here with Susan Hayde. She is the creator and author behind Lily's Truth. That's L-I-L-Y-S-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Uh, it's a DVD series that um, it's a really spiritually based piece of work that can help you communicate with your kids. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of great ideas and advice. And for those of you who might have missed the earlier segments, check us out on iTunes or at toginet.com. You can download the show. Uh, we are here at Motherhood Talk Radio with Christy Holly and Sandra Beck. And when we come back after the break, we will be talking about other ways.
ways to help our kids communicate. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these The walks never struggled to communicate. Y'all wave your hands. Look who's on. It's the Coda Man Keith that he's number one. It's that Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, that Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wan and the show, go to his website, KeithWanWANN.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one, Keith's number one. Everybody Don't miss that Keith Wan show Wednesday nights at eight seven central on Toginet.com. Girlfriended is on Toginet Thursdays at ten a.m. Eastern, eleven a.m. Central, with your hosts Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a twenty-three second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. It's Sandra Beck and Christy Holly coming to you live <laughs> from sunny California. It is. It is a beautiful day today. We are 70 and sunny, and Robin Boyd, if you're listening over here in cold, snowy New Hampshire, each or delightful little heart out. <laughs> I know. It was 86 in San Fernando today was where really? I was. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. It is. It is. And we had the doors open at Crob when we were working out. Oh. Had a nice sunny breeze. Amazing. It is. It is. We're you, just saying. You folks We're, in California have totally earned your good weather days. You've had a rough year. That's true. That's true. But we're really enjoying the sunshine. How is it in Colorado today? You know, it's getting cool. Denver has had a very, very dry winter, frighteningly dry. Um, But the mountains have just gotten hammered with tons and tons of snow. So our water supply in the mountains is fine. But um, we really, really need more moisture in Denver, or we may be facing fires. Um, Let's hope not. But um, we'll see. We'll see. But we do need more moisture down here in the city. 
Well, if you do have some fires, we'll send Christy's husband over there because we really need overtime. <laughs> so we'll just fly him right out there. <laughs> no problem. That works. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Well, we are here with Susan Hage. She is the author and creator behind Lily's Truth, Lily, L-I-L-Y-S-T-R-U-T-H dot com, Lily's nice. Truth. Check it out. You can also find her on Amazon, and it's um uh, it's a great – so for just a quick minute before Christy comes in with a great question, uh, run down with us what is Lily's Truth and, you know, why does somebody need it? Okay, Lily's Truth, I've got two books and a DVD, Lily's Truth, Lily's Truth for Kids, and Lily's Truth, the DVD. I've written the same material at different levels. Uh, for any parent, child, or any person wanting to step into their authority, this initial series offers the following topics. Self-knowledge, trust, individuality, standards, communication, rights, faith, faith in self, beliefs, passion, focus, forgiveness, inner strength, appreciation, acceptance, love, peace, and the final chapter, which I'll just throw in there, we, won't, we don't have to talk about it today. We can talk about it another time. But I offer a different spiritual perspective for people, and that is you are not separate from whatever your definition of God is. I teach that God is within you and that infinite potentials exist within you. And the final chapter in Lily's Truth addresses that very, very, very lightly. And again, I put this out there because this has been my journey. I have no desire to offend anyone else's belief system. This is my truth. Um, and I just share it for whoever may be interested, who, are, who, have, who might gain something from my, my world experience. It's there for you. Well, it's anyway. great. It's a great because it's interactive. It's something you can sit down and watch with your kids. It it it, it gives you opportunity to talk about certain things and and it discusses exactly. The, Exactly, and that's how it should be used. It's not really the kind of book that you'll necessarily sit down and read cover to cover, but you've got this as a tool and a resource. If your child comes home and has had their values challenged or their sense of self challenged or their ability to trust themselves challenged, then you put in the DVD or you read the chapter in the book, then you have this catalyze a conversation with you and your child so you and your child can get clear about who you are and what's going to work for you in, in whatever situation life presents you with. And what age group? Like what, what age are these appropriate for? You know, Lily's Truth for Kids is the book that was done for kids maybe starting around 8 years old up to 12, 13 years old. It's a simplified version. Um, it's all illustrated, very fine artist by the name of Craig Davis did the portraits for Lily's Truth. The illustrations are stunning. So this is a lovely piece to use for children 8 to 12, Lily's Truth for kids. Then there is Lily's Truth, the full version, and Lily's Truth, the DVD. You can use this at any age, but really from 13 on up through adulthood is where you would not want to use Lily's Truth for kids. You just want to refer to Lily's Truth. The teachings are more complex. The information is, um, is just a lot more complex as well. So you really want to have the child be able to understand the material being delivered. But again, this information is meant to catalyze conversations between parents and children, caregivers and children. So as you read, you can edit, you can rephrase, 
etc., etc. The DVD delivers the information in a different way. You are passive. You are just watching. But again, you can go back over and over and over again and have different insights every time you either read the book or watch the DVD. So it's really a teaching tool to help you and your kids talk about some of these really difficult concepts of self-knowledge, of being an individual, of truth, of trust, um, you know, and belief systems and all these things are faced. You know, it's a different perspective. Exactly, exactly. And then you can fill in your own standards, your own values, your own ideas on what faith means to you. In the book, what I think is important to teach kids is to have faith in themselves, believe in themselves, to understand that the infinite potentials come from within them. They don't come randomly from the outside. We talked earlier in the show about trust, about, or I'm sorry, about choice. Again, this is where a child learns really to get to know themselves, to trust their choices. The choices then create the life for the child, i.e. young adult, eventual mature adult, your experience in life is so often related to the choices you make. So initially we want to make, to help our kids make clear and conscious choices. As parents, we need to make clear and conscious choices. Lily's Truth is a tool to help a child, parent, caregiver, adult get very clear about who they are. The next step is once you're clear about who you are, you can be very clear about what you choose. You can be very clear about the words that you choose or the jobs that you take or the direction that you your life to take. You then become empowered and in control of what your life becomes. You're not you're not a victim and you're not just waiting for life to happen to you. You are taking charge. Great, great. Wow. wow. I was thinking like, wow, I more need that for me. I me too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Christy, we were talking at the break about a friend and so we're gonna go to you in the advice column now. Yes. Um Christy, you wanna start? Well just we have a mutual friend who Drives us nuts. Has a child that might drive us <laughs> drives us nuts. Um, the boundaries are way different than Sam's and mine are, and ours are pretty similar. Ours are, I we would are say. pretty. Yeah, we're pretty close. You know, and this this kid is is out of control. So how is it that we would handle a situation when they're at our house? Right. You know, if they're being whether it's being disrespectful or saying, you know, really rude and mean things. Or going into cabinets and taking things, not stealing them, but, like, going in and helping yourself, like, you know, without – there's so many violations of, like, when and Christy's is, is kids the are over – Is the parent in the household? Is the parent in the household with you or Sometimes. Sometimes, but that parent doesn't – Doesn't do much. Doesn't say anything okay. and, and allows it to happen. Now, I could I could do this two ways. I could say, okay, you give me the answer. So let's start with that. In your oh, idea, why you're on the know. radio show, you keep it up, I'm going to start telling you rotten little Susan stories. Let me offer this first. It, it, and I'll give this to you because it took me many years to figure this out. You know, it gets confusing again when some other family is in your space, you don't know what rules to apply. Their rules, your rules, you, you, you start thinking, I don't want to offend this parent. I don't know how to mm-hmm. handle this. We're going to cut to the quick here. And this may not be the answer for everyone, but this was the answer for me. 
The rules of my house are the rules that get applied. You know, when I have children in my house, my children have to respect other children. My children are required to ask before they go and rummage through the, the, the candy in the pantry. They need to um, really, really, really know the rules of the household. If there is a child who comes in and, and, and starts behaving the way they behave at home, that's when I have to step in and say, hello, so-and-so, why don't you come over here and sit down? I'm going to talk to you for, for a few minutes and tell you, first of all, you can't go into the pantry when you're here unless you talk to me first, please. You Educate that child on the rules of your household, and then you hold the standard so that when they walk in your door, they may behave a different way when they're outside of your house, but when that child comes in your house, they know what your rules are, and they learn to respect those, and I've had that work in my household. What about the parents? It, you know, <laughs> Can we apply that to the parents? Absolutely, and sometimes the parents get offended, and I'm sorry to say that's not my issue. If I am coming from a, a place of what honors me and I'm saying these things to a parent or child from the place of compassion and sensitivity, how that person reacts to it is not my concern, really. Because if a person is going to come back to my house, there has to be harmony. There has to be a way that we can work this out. If they are going to be so angry that they can't have things their way, then really they shouldn't be in my household to begin with. But again, coming from the point of compassion always with your words tends to shift a conversation so that you're not coming from anger or from upset. You are coming from a very, very centered and balanced place. Your words tend to come from that place then also. Generally speaking, what happens, the dynamics in your life shift. The people that can be in your life with honor and respect are the people who stay in your life. The people who are not able to be in your life with honor and respect find another place to go and live. And that's perfect. That's beautiful. There should be no attachment to having to be friends or make your household work for every person on the planet. It just isn't reasonable to expect that. No, it isn't. Okay. And I think, you know, especially when you have friends or family members that violate those boundaries or the, you know, my house, my rules, which is something, you know, <laughs> I have said more than once in my house, this is my house, these are my rules. Um, but it is. And, it, and I think your home has to be a safe place. Um, and, you but, know, and what we're, we're coming back to here again is making sure your home is a place that honors and respects you first, not from a selfish way, but from a very, very high level of self-love. You know, okay, i got to cut you off because we're at the okay. end of the show. Sue, okay, we will well, have you back you on. Okay. We will have you back on Motherhood Talk Radio. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. We want to thank you for joining us today. Please check us out on iTunes and toginet.com and tune in next week. for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Go on Toginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as